Welcome to the newest episode of Novi Public Library's Beyond Books podcasts. On today's episode, we'll hear from two teens in the Novi schools and about the efforts that they're doing to help teens with uh, some issues that they might be facing these days. And we'll also be hearing from a licensed counselor, Dr. Crystal Jackson, about overcoming stress in various forms that we're all facing these days, uh, specifically, though, as it relates to teens. We'll also get another great book recommendation from Katie. But before we jump into that, uh, Dana will tell us about one of our new e-resources. So Novi Library cardholders have access to LinkedIn Learning. Now, LinkedIn Learning was formerly called lynda.com, um, but it is completely free to guests with their Novi Library card. You get access to over 16,000 online courses in seven languages. Um, there are expert instructors with real life and real world experience, and there are 60 plus new courses added each week. And a lot of these courses cover things that you might need in your professional life. So leadership skills, project management, um, sales, job hunting, digital marketing, um, but also mental wellness, um, photography, videography. If you maybe want to learn a different hobby or something, LinkedIn Learning is great for that. You can learn something new. Um, so go ahead and visit LinkedIn Learning. To get access, just go to novilibrary.org. Right on the homepage, you can click on the online tools button and then visit the education section and you'll see the, the logo and you can just go ahead and click on that to get access. So we're super excited to have two special guests on the podcast episode today. Um, we have two Novi High School students. We have Rashmita and Shreya. And they are here to talk about a project they are doing with us um, in our teen shop. So um, can you please describe this? You have a poster series. Um, can you describe what, what they look like? Yeah, definitely. So we have two posters up. One is mainly focusing on eating disorders. And it's like a section where you can see the causes, signs, and effects, as well as the treatment for eating disorders. And then another poster, which is intuitive eating, focuses on just the 10 principles that you should have to be more healthy and also to have a positive mindset while you're eating. Thank you. So uh, what inspired you to make the posters? Well, we've seen a peer struggle with eating disorders and we felt that this, this topic is very important. So the campaign in general was inspired to create a powerful brand name of Embrace Your Body so that the first thing people hear is positive because loving your body is a first step in actually preventing eating disorder. And um, adding on to that, um, like we said, we have two specific posters um, that we use often. So one is eating disorders and one is about intuitive eating. So for the intuitive eating one, or for the eating disorders one, we specifically thought like it's important for everyone to be aware of their thoughts and actions um, and what can specifically lead up to an eating disorder because it can be a dangerous mindset once you get into it. So that's what inspired us for the eating disorders poster. And I'll let Rashmita talk about the intuitive eating poster. Yeah, so for the intuitive eating poster, it sort of like started off as a way to help younger students and a younger age level to have a more positive mindset in eating and also establishing a positive attitude. So like we've created the main principles include like honoring your hunger. So eating when you're hungry and respecting that hunger. Also not labeling foods as good or bad and eating what you desire. Yeah, that's all super great information that I know a lot of teens um, will definitely you know, look up to and 
you know, even adults too. I mean, it's not even, that's great that this poster series is there because it's not even 14. It can also be for adults as well. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you hope to accomplish? Like what kind of awareness or action with these posters? So um, like our campaign name says, our goal is for everybody to embrace their body. Um, so more specifically, like Rashmita was saying earlier, um, we want to spread body positivity while raising awareness on eating disorders, mental health. And we've done this in like two different sections of age groups, basically. One is for um, teenagers specifically or anyone older than the age of 13. And the other is for younger students, like elementary students. So um, with these posters, for example, the intuitive eating poster, um, we've shown that to younger students. And the goal is to prepare a positive mindset for younger students um, at a younger age, because we know these problems form at a younger age by being misinformed. So we wanna make sure that every single student or every single individual feels that they're eating, um, what they need to, they're respecting their body, they're giving their body what it desires. Um, and we just wanna make sure everybody feels good and also healthy in their own skill, skin. That's awesome guys. Uh, and how do you think this topic affects our lives during quote normal times and how has COVID affected that or changed that? Yeah, so during normal times with eating disorders and body image, lots of individuals struggle with coping and it negatively affects their mental health. And many also feel the need to suit society standards of like an ideal body type, which is not it's just a society standard. It's not an actual like term. And we believe that every single body is an ideal body and everybody's perfect just the way it is. It's beautiful, unique, and we should embrace that body. Yeah, and specifically during COVID, we know that many individuals and more specifically teenagers, because mostly teenagers struggle with eating disorders and body image, um, they've struggled a lot with coping. And this is because there's that sense of isolation and loneliness, especially during peak quarantine times. Um, and even like a good example of how like isolated we are is as soon as we've gotten into quarantine, like the first thing a lot of teenagers do is go on their phone and on their phone, there's social media. Um, and social media is where a lot of this pressure comes from. So that's just one example of how COVID um, has affected individuals. These, so, these societal standards have definitely increased and there feels like more pressure for everyone to fit into a right body type. Whereas we truly believe that everybody is perfect just the way it is. Yeah, and that kind of leads into um, teen mental health. I know social media is a whole, you know, a huge part of that. Um, but how does it kind of um, intertwine with, with mental health? Yeah, so eating disorders are pretty much a mental health disorder. And the theme of body positivity, eating disorders, and like body image are all part of this one mindset. So this mindset is what defines our mental health. And many teenagers struggle with their self-love and appreciating their bodies. And this takes a large toll on their mental health. So eating disorders are very um, similar to mental health. In fact, it's literally a mental, mental health disorder. That makes a lot of sense. And uh, is there other information about the posters, about the project that you haven't shared that you want to make sure that our listeners hear? Um, I would say definitely like the main key piece of information we would want to share is that 
just making sure you're respecting your body because your body deserves it. You deserve it. Um, and aside from the poster, I guess we would just want to tell people that there are very common eating disorders such as bulimia nervosa, anorexia nervosa, binge eating disorder, and many more. Um, and in fact, like it's such a struggle that almost one in every 10 adolescents um, have an eating disorder. So through our campaign, we really want to inform our audience, spread body positivity. We really want to be the ones to make a change in mindset um, that all bodies are good. So like so far, we've been doing that through brochures, um, posters in our community, as well as interviews, podcasts, social media accounts, and collaborating with community partners. And if anybody wants to further reach out to us, they can definitely um, search us up or follow our social media accounts. Yeah, to add on to history, I also want to mention that we want to also bring this topic to a younger age level, not exactly focusing on the eating disorder aspect, but also coming to like the intuitive eating because the tips are really important for a young age level. Well, thank you both so much for coming on and sharing with us. If you're listening and you're interested to see the posters in person and to learn more about this, you can see these posters in our teen staff room on the second floor with our young adult collections. Uh, they're on the back wall by the windows if you want to read those posters. So again, thank you guys so much for coming and for inspiring us all with your story. And we wish you guys the best of luck. Thank, thank you so much for your time. Pleasure to be here. Hi, everyone. This is Katie bringing you this week's Book Bites. I'm so excited to be sharing with you this week a book I recently read and loved, When No One is Watching by Alyssa Cole. Described as Get Out meets Rear Window, this thriller focuses on main character Sydney, who is watching her Brooklyn neighborhood slowly change around her due to gentrification. But suddenly, the slow changes speed up and her suspicions grow that something much more sinister is going on. An excellent mystery with a touch of romance, this book is excellent for someone wanting humor, suspense, and a glimpse into what gentrification looks like. Check it out at the library today. That's all for this week's Book Bites. Talk to you later. Okay, so joining us today is Dr. Crystal Jackson, uh, a psychologist. Now, Dr. Jackson, thank you so much for coming onto our podcast today to talk about a very important topic of mental health, particularly as it pertains to uh, teenagers during these unusual times. Um, can you first, can you introduce your yourself and just tell us a little bit about uh, yourself, your practice, uh, any special focus? Well, first, let me say thank you so much for um, allowing me to join you and inviting me to be a part of this podcast. I really appreciate you bringing me on board. Um, I am a licensed psychologist, a board certified licensed psychologist with the state of Michigan. I have been working in the metro Detroit area as an independent practitioner and I have a specialty in trauma-informed care, so working with people who are um, or have a history of or currently involved in situations of trauma. So trauma could be anything from uh, coping and dealing with the loss of life or threatened loss of life. Um, sexual abuse, physical abuse. Um, I work with ages from 
uh, adolescents up to um, over 65. So um, a, a, a very large range of people that I work with. I also provide, in addition to individual therapy, I work with uh, couples um, who are looking to enhance their relationship. And I also work with families. So families who are dealing with uh, the various stressors that come along within um, many family units and systems. So I work with family systems as well. Um, so again, thank you so much for allowing me to be here today. It's Arthur, and it sounds like you've got expertise just about across the whole spectrum here. Uh, so I would like to start with, now you mentioned trauma, we've mentioned um, loss. A lot of people out there have been dealing with at least one of those, and even the people that aren't dealing with a lot of loss directly, it's still just a super stressful time in the world, especially those that are growing up throughout this. Um, so I guess the first question I have is what kind of effects are we seeing on teens or on all of us in general? And you know, at this point in the pandemic, I feel like I've just heard a lot of people hitting their pandemic wall, uh, pandemic fatigue, I've heard people say a lot. So do we, are we even aware of all the effects that will come out of this or will we be finding out about those effects for a long time to come? Well, I will tell you, David, that there has been so much loss during the pandemic. As we know, this is something that has occurred that we have never gone through before. So this is new territory for all of us. And for many people, it feels like we've been kind of tossed into this um, this ocean, this stream, and we're and we're trying to fight and trying to survive. And you know that is a very scary feeling um, to be in a situation like that. And so I think that's where a lot of us were feeling, um, or where we were, and how we were feeling last year when it first happened. And now a year later it seems like many people are still feeling like they're not yet thriving, right? That they're still just in survival mode, um, which can feel extremely exhausting and draining. Um, and the, the loss and the grief that we have seen in people is not just pertaining to the loss of life, which um, is what I think many of us initially think about when we talk about loss and grief, but there has been loss in so many other areas as well, specifically um, or particularly to the adolescent group and school age group, is there has been a loss of connection with friends that they are so used to seeing every single day, Monday through Friday, the interactions with those friends, being able to go out together, um, there has been a loss of what they're used to um, experiencing in the school setting. So whether it's homecoming, specifically for those adolescent and high school age children, um, or whether that was prom and missing out on those events, um, those athletes who are you know, used to having those games happening on a regular basis, and the fans being able to be in the crowds. Again, just that social aspect, I think, has been a huge loss, and many people are grieving that. Um, you also have the loss of being able to 
work within a structured school setting from day to day. I know that some schools are working in person. However, there are those students who are still either using a hybrid approach or are completely uh, doing school from home. Um, and sometimes it's not really the child's choice, right? So it could be that the parent has decided that they feel most comfortable with that. And even though it, they have good intentions, and maybe it's the right choice for that child, it still has its negative repercussions and negative effects as well with its, um, as it relates to loss. And again, that social separation and having teachers readily available uh, to you in a classroom setting is very different and from working online. So there's just been so many things that our students have been coping with and trying to manage and make sense out of. I think that our focus on them is so critical and so important um, so that our teenagers and our students know that um, we are concerned and we're here to help. Dr. Jackson, it's Gail here. Um, one question, you mentioned a lot of valid points. What can we do, what can we say to our teenagers to help encourage and motivate and inspire them to that they are going to make it through this? Um, are there any key things that we can say or do? Well, I think that some of the things that I would recommend would be definitely sticking to um, validation is always important and validate and having the empathy. So sometimes children, students, what I have heard in working with them is that they feel as if their losses are minimized by some of the adults in their lives, right? So the adults sometimes are focused more on the physical loss of people or family in their lives. And so students are feeling as if, well, okay, well, I know that's a loss and that's major and that was also hurtful, but I'm also dealing with loss too. And so that validation piece is so important and that empathy piece is so important because it allows the teenager and the students to know that again, you are caring about them, you are concerned and you understand, at least you're trying to understand their position. And without that, it will be very hard to have a conversation with um, a child or a student who is dealing with, um, with that type of um, loss that may not be related to human loss. Um, I think another thing that's important is for, for the parents in the students' lives is to disclose. So to self-disclose, I think is really important. That creates a greater intimacy or um, within that conversation where as a parent, being able to say, yeah, this has been hard for me too. And I miss hanging out with my friends too. That's another way to help your child or the student um, to feel validated and feel as if they are not in this by themselves and that their loss and their feelings are not being minimized. So I think doing those three things are the most important things that we can do right now, um, making sure that we are choosing the right time to have those type of conversations with our students, uh, with our children is also important. You know, you, you don't ideally want to try to have that type of conversation in the midst of a disagreement or an argument. Um, you wanna make sure that it's a, a time where they are not preoccupied with schoolwork and that they're 
more likely to be open to engaging in that type of dialogue with you. One more question comes to mind and I'm thinking directly about teenagers uh, because they will be a part of our upcoming Talking Teen Stress program that will take place uh, April the 27th through Facebook Live and Zoom, but talking directly to teens, if they feel like they're overwhelmed or stressed or facing mental health challenges, what should they do to address their concerns? Well, I think that first, I, 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 I would probably want to clarify first um, what symptoms students can look for, what symptoms the teenagers can look for, so that they will know and be able to understand the difference between being sad and maybe disappointed versus being clinically depressed, right? So sadness is a normal part of human existence um, right now. And there may be a lot of things that make teenagers or all of us, in fact, feel sad. Um, You can feel isolated, again, missing your normal routine, um, worrying about whether or not things will ever go back to normal. And while all those things we would say are within normal limits, um, depression, however, is different from sadness due to the intensity and the duration. So I think that one thing that teenagers can do is be aware of what they um, can be looking for within themselves as they reflect on their mood and their feelings during this time. So we don't, I never, I always say to people, I never want to pathologize what's normal. That is never the goal. Um, But also being aware of when we start to move beyond what we would expect Um, as far as our mood and emotional regulation. So that's the first thing that teenagers can do is be aware of the difference. So intensity of the sadness and duration of a sad mood can be indicators. Um, There's also symptoms such as, you know, physical complaints. So stomach aches, headaches, um, physical symptoms of feeling fatigue, not only are you missing your friends, but now you're starting to isolate even with opportunities being available to engage. Okay. Now I know that's a little tricky, right? Because in the pandemic, it could be because of safety reasons, right? So um, that's something that is important to look at, but also keep in mind that if parents are noticing their children are isolated, maybe they're not dealing with depression. It could be some anxiety or it could just really just be appropriate, cautious, right? Attitude about, about the situation that we're all living in right now. Um, something else that would be clear is academic decline. So if you're noticing a slip in your grades, that wasn't uh, typically the case. Uh, substance use or self-criticism, those are the things that really differentiate just normal sadness within normal limits and then depression, especially if it's going beyond two weeks. Um, So knowing the difference is the first thing that teenagers and parents can do. Um, The second thing is trying to engage, okay? So if you you do that assessment that I just gave you, really quick assessment and 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 you're you're over the assessment phase or part of things of, of that awareness, Start looking at engaging with others, even though it may be um, maybe a distance, physical distance between you and the other person. So maybe you're meeting outside at a park and you're um, still kind of separated, but at least you get that human 
um, energy that can still be there that can be helpful. So finding creative ways to connect with your peers online in some way, or even if it's not your peers, it could be other groups or organizations that you're able to be um, be a part of. Finding ways to give back, um, community service. And I know people may hear community service and say, well, what is possibly going on during this time? There are things that people can do within their family groups or even in your peer group. So you can decide, you know what, during this time, we're going to create care packages and we're going to deliver them to a certain facility or organization. And so sometimes giving of yourself to others during this time of need can make you feel better. And so I would recommend things like that as well. Well, yeah, I think you hit on a lot of very valid points, a lot of things that people are, are experiencing and have been and will continue to do so in the future. Now, you mentioned anxiety. Um, as things open up, do you anticipate people might be anxious about resuming normal life? Absolutely. It as, as as what would be normal, right? So um, yes, people will be nervous. They will, and, and people are even now with things with the country slowly, you know, reopening. Um, restaurants are reopening. Um, so you you will definitely have the anxiety that's there. I think one way to combat the anxiety is if you feel like it's to the point where you are not wanting to leave your home under any circumstance, that may be a red flag to reach out to a mental health professional um, to work through that anxiety. There are so many resources and facilities and places. I am one of them, um, but there are so many other uh, therapists that are out there that will open their doors or open their uh, videos um, to have a video uh, session with with people, um, especially teenagers um, during this time so that they can work through and learn how to cope with the anxiety, learn how to challenge um, and maybe even reframe some of those anxiety provoking thoughts that may be too restrictive. So it's, it's creating too much of a restriction where the person is now experiencing impairment in their ability to live life from day to day. Very good. Some good information there. Well, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Jackson, for all of the information you shared. And this is just really a teaser. As I mentioned, we are having Talking Teen Stress, a mental health discussion where you can ask questions or just listen in. Um, this is open to teenagers and parents as well. This will take place, as I said, on April 27th at 6.30 p.m. That's on a Tuesday evening. You can register for the program at novilibrary.org to receive the Zoom link. It will also take place on Facebook Live under the Novi Public Library's Facebook page. Dr. Jackson will be joining us as well as additional professionals to discuss the issues that are concerning teenagers and feeling depressed and worried and frustrated uh, throughout the pandemic and beyond. It doesn't even have to be pandemic related, um, just the stresses that um, our teens are dealing with. So we hope that you can tune into that and we appreciate you tuning into this program. And thank you so much, Dr. Jackson. For thank you time. so much, Gail. Thank you, David. So that is our episode for today. Thank you so much for joining us on this Beyond Books podcast. Um, if you want to find our podcast, um, just go to Spotify, 
Apple, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, and more. I mean, of course, if you have any feedback, we'd love to hear from you. If you have suggestions on a future episode um, how, or how we can, you know, do better to improve our podcast, please email us at podcast at novilibrary.org. So we hope to inform you. We hope to inspire you. And we hope to include you. Thank you.